Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. everybody. We are all three of us back together again after a few weeks. Felicia made a trip across the country and we are, we've had a few sicknesses and we are back together and we are thrilled about it. So I'm going to start us out today with a facepalm and that is that I had three of my major appliances, which I know this is a first world problem. And I know that I am just, I really am just to be clear, so grateful that I even had these appliances, but my dishwasher my clothes washer and my dryer all died like dead as a doornail one we fixed several times and then finally the guy was like this is just done like I mean they're all really old and he's like they're past their point and you know it was like as much to um fix them as it was to replace so just there was a big deal and it was not my funnest purchase to buy all three of those appliances at once but I am thrilled to be able to have a working specifically for my laundry that went, we went without a dishwasher for a while, maybe a month or two and it was okay. But I really appreciate, I really appreciate those appliances. So again, I know it's just, I'm grateful that we have them, but facepalm that they all just went out at once. It was, it was rough. Yeah, that is rough. I feel like one of those by themselves is super annoying and very inconvenient, but all three at once, that is that's a disaster. It yeah. is. And I wish I had an appliance guy when we had something go out, tell me, he's like, I used, this used to be like a good career fixing appliances because appliances lasted a really long time. They made them well and you could just replace a part for pretty cheap. But now it's just people just trash them and have to buy new ones because you can't really fix them that well and they just aren't made the same way. And that kind of made me sad. Like, sad. Yeah, and annoying for all of us. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is just a quick side note on that. So I moved in my house. I'm the washer and dryer the same as when the house was built. So they're like, I'm not kidding. They are 30 years old, maybe more, but they're old and they work so well. And it's funny because I remember when our parents, they like finally got a, a new washer and dryer, like in the last 10 years, but they had had the same ones for decades. And like within three years, their washer went out and they did. They said it's like they just don't make them the same, which is it's kind of absurd that they used to be made to like last for decades and now they just aren't. That seems kind of wrong. I don't like that. Yeah. Anyway, who's in charge of those lines? Um, okay. So I have a face palm. <laughs> I've been doing hot yoga in Florida, which is really fun. I love it a lot. But last week I went to a class and when I got to the class, so when you go in, everybody's just laying down, getting, you know, their mind right to do their hot yoga and it's hot in there, but you're not moving yet. So for me, I probably start sweating after like 15 minutes, but I walk into the start of the class and this man, ha his sweat abilities are 
amazing. Like his body is detoxing so well because he already has like a full-blown, probably a good 40 ounces of sweat pooled before the class has started. We're not even moving yet. And the only spot left is right next to him. So (laughs) I just squeeze in this tiny spot and it's a tiny studio and it's pretty packed all the time. Every class just shimmy in. No wonder it's the last spot. And he, his sweat puddle turns into a sweat stream river (laughs) and start coming off the mat over mine. And I'm like, Oh no, Oh no, (laughs) it's going to go up onto my mat. I'm stressed. Like I can't even concentrate on the yoga because the sweat river's coming to my mat and it's so (laughs) packed in there that when she's like, put your arms out to a T, I'm like, no way. It'll be in the sweat lake. So then (laughs) my practice is very inhibited by the sweat river. It was not good. And he kept getting his like hot yoga (laughs) towel thing and like doing like this it's like in a u-shape and he's like squeegeeing it back onto his mat and i'm like okay we have to get a better solution like you know this is a problem if you're doing like the squeegee swipe back to your mat it was so sweat it was so bad you guys and now i feel bad because he's always in class and i'm like i will not i cannot go he needs like a silicone boundary around like his pool hair. like yeah. a little baby pool baby pool like this <laughs> like a yoga mat whoever if you make yoga mats if you're listening we need one with a border <laughs> for the border. that Guys, is amazing a sweat river good. like i can just picture you like should i start back like back stroking here like what should i do that's amazing well okay well i have a solution for him just they have grippy yoga towels he just needs to start with like bringing several and then just put them on his mat so it never pulls off it just soaks in the towel and he just replaces it throughout the yeah he needs i know he's not here to help but i'm just saying that would be a solution as a yoga instructor like just get a few towels and then just replace them you know what i mean like so it just goes on the towel soaks up and never pulls off and never rivers out (laughs) replace it you know he has one grippy hot yoga towel, but it's not sufficient because it is soaked and becomes the squeegee. By water. Water. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because yoga towels, you can do a grippy so that they actually you just you use them on top of your mat, like it's just in place and just soaks it up as it comes down, right? Well, yeah, that's what everyone does, including him. But it's just so much. <laughs> he needs like five. Oh yeah. Or ten. Like the, yeah. <laughs> Every five minutes, he just ends up with like a huge amount of laundry behind him at the end. Oh man! Okay, well, wow, I'm loving that. I'm loving river rivers of sweat. This is keep us updated on that because that is is hilarious. I was crying laughing. That was really good. That was a good way to start my day. And to be clear, we're not shaming this guy because you're right. It's a good way. It's a great way to detox. And you're in a hot yoga class. You're sweating. It just is really funny that you ended up in the river of sweat. You were in the river. Detox. I I want to touch your detoxing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Water. Yeah. 
Yes, well, it's good, but it's funny because we have like a little shared note and we have our face palms, but we usually just put a note so we remember what it is. So when you said sweat pedal, I actually thought it was just going to be involving your own sweat pedal, but that's crazy that it's someone else's. That was, that was not what I was expecting and I liked it a lot. That was a good story. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I also have a face palm. So yeah, triple face palm today. Nice. Um, so mine is that... For the first time in my motherhood career, we had a stomach bug rip through our family and it was a throwing up stomach bug. I think there's maybe been like a diarrhea here and there, but like in the past, but this was the first of throwing up and I have young enough kids that they're, it's not like they can, well, the one-year-old especially, like he can't say when he's going to throw up. So there's no like, hey, let's make it to the toilet. It's just like, hopefully hopefully you are in a decent place to like be able to clean up. Like hopefully it's not on a couch or the carpet kind of thing. So that was kind of crazy. And I actually, yeah, I feel like it's now over, but woof, it was a bad face. It was a face palm for sure. And it went through all of us. Like it went through me and Cam. So all of us were, well, it was not good. So face palm to that. And I don't really even need to say more. <laughs> it was bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Stomach bugs are the worst of little kids. We can all feel yeah, it was really experiencing. I mean, literally, it's comforting because you now have thousands of people across the world empathizing because <laughs> we've all been there. It's just stomach flus are the worst. Ugh. I am amazed you made it this long, though. That's actually quite impressive. I know. Well done. I remember when Felicia's kids first got their first stomach flu. Well, thank I also thought that she made it that long. Like, I was like, how have you made it this long unscathed? But welcome to the club it's a great club to be in <laughs> okay well we are talking today about a fabulous subject that has been on our minds for a while we've read two books on this subject and the subject is about really the concept of in several in both books actually they use the phrase the power of negative thinking which don't worry don't be scared we also believe in positive thinking but it is about literally the place of negative emotions in our lives and how they really are really actually valuable. And if we just continue to think, oh, we need to be happy and positive all the time, what ends up happening is we miss out on a huge part of life that isn't necessarily all bad. And also it, it, it takes away the depth of our life. Like the, the whole point here is, Feeling our negative emotions is really, really important. So the two books that we're going to be referring from or referring to is Gabor Mate's When the Body Says No, which is a fascinating book. If you have never read Gabor Mate's books, they're incredible. We've read several of theirs. I've read In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts, The Myth of Normal, and um, he co-wrote Hold On to Your Kids, which we've also talked about on this podcast. We can link that one. It's about attachment and family orientation, meaning connection with our kids versus replacing with connection with our peers. And wow, it is like all of his books are so fascinating. He is, and the cool thing I like about him, his experience, he has so much experience with, he's an MD and he has so much experience with treating chronic illness and addiction and terminal illnesses. That he has this really cool, amazing, fascinating base 
And when the body says no, the whole premise of the book is that when we repress our emotions of any kind, specifically our negative emotions, that our body over the long term starts getting fed up of repressing it and it starts coming out in the form of oftentimes chronic illness and terminal illnesses. So, I mean, he talks about different kinds of cancer and ALS and all these different examples of why it's really important to experience our emotions. And so we're going to talk about that today. And then Bittersweet by Susan Cain is the second book that we are going to be referring to. And hers is also a fascinating book. I would say it's less scientific and medical and more anecdotal and philosophical. And it's really beautiful. And her whole concept is talking about bittersweet specifically. So bittersweet isn't necessarily just anger, sadness, grief, you know, just the negative emotions that are painful to feel. Bittersweet is the space of when you feel it's like that longing feeling where there's some sweetness with it and also a sadness with it, maybe some grief with it. So oftentimes our negative emotions are accompanied by this kind of beautiful, sweet, tender emotion that comes along with it. And her whole point is it is okay to feel those things. Not only is it okay, but because of those feelings, we have beautiful things. Like we can pull out really beautiful things from it, like art, like the kind of love that we look back on, even though it's you know no longer there, but we can still find joy and sadness. It's kind of making space for both, right? Or when we look at our child um, who's growing up, Brene Brown, there's a slight difference here. Brene Brown calls it foreboding joy, where you let the, the concern that they are actually growing up or something bad could happen to them rob you of your joy. That I felt like is a little different. Susan Cain is talking about the bittersweet feeling that comes with knowing that it's not going to last, right? And for me, that's a difference. It isn't necessarily robbing me of my joy, but there is something that makes it precious knowing, yeah, they're not going to be this age forever. And so it actually helps me appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? It's a nuanced difference, but to me it is an important difference that I don't have to just shove down the feeling of, because I don't want forbidding joy to rob me of my present joy. However, can I use that knowledge that it doesn't last to help me feel and appreciate this moment? And to me, that's a really valuable thing. That's what her book, I feel like really the takeaway was for me is beautiful things come out of that bittersweet feeling and making space for those feelings is important. So that's kind of what we're talking about today is how to, and we're going to go through specific emotions, how to actually feel them in a healthy way and process them without repressing them, but also not letting them just take over our lives. And we turn into just like raging people who are losing our cool every second. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm really excited about it because I think it's a really important thing because we're all humans here. Literally every single person listening to this and understanding all the words we're saying is a human. So we're all going to be feeling all these emotions. So talking about how to navigate them, I think is important. And also, I mean, it goes along with what we talk about all the time on this podcast, which is emotional intelligence and teaching our children that. So if we can accept the negative emotions in ourselves, then it's going to allow us to accept them in our children. Because kids, they show emotion. I mean, they will cry dozens of times in a day, right? 
they just feel the emotion and they let it, they just let it come out. And at some point they learn that they need to not show it. And so is there a way that we can teach them instead to process them in a healthy way? Because yeah, as an adult, you don't want to just be like having a tantrum every five seconds. That's not the answer, but can we still feel them as an adult? I don't think it's necessary that we need to learn to repress them. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a beautiful work and something that really excites me because there's a reason why this work is emerging so rapidly, I think. And it's because when we were kids and when our parents were kids and back and back forever, I don't necessarily think that this is the work that was prominent. I don't think that kids were encouraged to feel their emotions and learn how to process them. I don't think that preschools were teaching lists of emotional um, like recognition. And I, I really believe that it's connecting, like we're connecting with this work because it feels so true. And I think as adults, it's a lot harder to learn this for those of us who were told, get out of my face if you're crying or like suck it up. Like that didn't hurt so bad. Just get back out there, you big baby. Like all of those things that I think were ways that a lot of us were parented obviously didn't serve us. And we (laughs) suppressed things and that resulted in other adverse things as adults. And so I think it's really cool that as parents, we can do this work and have the language and the awareness to help our kids work through this. I think just thinking about a generation that was raised with emotional awareness is so cool, like that we get to lead that charge. And I don't know, I think if you can think of it in that way, even if you're kind of like, oh, like recognize my emotions, blah, blah, blah. But if you want a little like encouragement to think of leading your kids in that way is I think pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. What I feel like as we, like, as we do this, you're right, it's going to help not just us, but our kids in this. And I think, so jumping right into some of those emotions that when we think about our like negative emotions. One that is talked about a lot by Gabor Mate is the suppression of heat. He calls it healthy anger, which I think is an interesting distinction because then it would, it would seem as though there is like an unhealthy anger too, which, so it's interesting because at least when, when we think about this in kids, um, it's really easy to see little kids act out in anger, right? Like they get frustrated at a younger brother trying to take something or they just like can't build a tower, right? And they're frustrated or they're angry. Um, You take something away that you know that they shouldn't have, they'll get angry. So that happens a lot. And when they act out in anger, so it's interesting because at least for me, when I was thinking about anger, sometimes I, I think there's a lot of other emotions like sadness, even frustration is different for me than anger. I have an easier time being like, yes, that's okay to feel and it's okay to process it. But for some reason with anger, I have like some, I realized in myself that I had kind of maybe some ambivalent feelings about it because I thought 
yes, it's okay to feel anger. And I think that that's healthy. It's like a healthy part of living. But then there's like an unhealthy part. And I think at least where I think the distinction is, is where it becomes either hurtful to yourself or to other people. So it's like, you can feel angry about this, but I'm not going to let you throw your truck across the room. Or you can feel angry about this, but I'm not going to let you hit. Or like in adults, because you don't see that physical as much, but it's like, I think it's okay to feel angry and not take it out on somebody else. Like you can still feel that. But it's interesting because then it's like, well, then it begs the question, how can we, if we are feeling deep anger, how can we express it or process it in a healthy way um, rather than in an unhealthy, like, what does that look like then? Because it, it is, it's like hard to think. Well, it's like, if you feel like yelling, but you don't want to yell at other people. So anyway, like, how can that be healthily done? And I'm not actually a hundred percent sure <laughs> what the way is. Well, I loved, I mean, that part of the book, of Romate's book, it was deep. And even as we were prepping for this, Felicia was reading us back his quotes. And it's so deep. I mean, it's making me, my brain is like trying to compute this. Because I don't know, Caitlin, when you were saying that you felt that way about anger, we grew up in the same place, in the same, we went to the same schools, we had the same family. And I don't, I don't think I ever received this message from my family, just to be clear. But I distinctly remember receiving that message from several different places growing up that anger actually is a bad feeling to feel as in there's no place for it. And so, again, to be clear, my Mm -hmm. parents didn't give me that message, but I did hear that message many times growing up. And so so I'm saying I'm with you in that we probably heard that same – we received that same message. And I'm not even saying – I think there's also culturally in general – even throughout history, specifically for women, that anger is not an acceptable emotion for women to feel. It's so, I mean, there's definitely some nuances there as well. But but I actually really my whole life maybe thought that anger just wasn't something like just get rid of it, right? So I'm just saying, I think you're not alone in feeling that way. Yeah. But for me, it's interesting because healthy anger, yeah, we do not I mean, none of us want our kids to be like hitting other kids. And we've talked extensively about, you know, how we stop and we keep kids safe and we don't let them hit each other and all that kind of stuff. But we're never shaming the anger. We definitely know that now, right? Like I love me and Felicia's kids went to the same preschool and they actually do have like emotional intelligence, like charts (laughs) with all these different emotions. It's beautiful. They're learning at a really young age how to name their emotions. And that's huge. But for me, this concept of processing anger, I have thought a lot about this because, yeah, so maybe for the past 15 years of my life, I have accepted that anger is good. Not, sorry, not good. It's actually very unpleasant. I don't like feeling it. However, that it's important to actually feel anger and that there's no shame in feeling anger. So that's been a great improvement in my life. But what does that mean? Because as an adult, none of us are okay with an adult hitting people out of anger, right? Like, we're not, we're not that's not cool. Neither do we think that yelling is a great, like, that's obviously not a good expression of anger either. I mean, our kids, we're teaching them how to navigate that without shaming their emotions. But adults, like, I don't want to be an adult who's just like, when I get mad, I just start yelling. Or uh, Gamor Mate also says, and I love how he says this, it's still an, uh, an unhealthy expression of anger when our actions are speaking louder than our words. So how that looks for me, yeah, yelling isn't really a temptation for me when I say temptation. Like, it's not like one of those, like, core things for me that's really hard um but for sure like when I'm mad 
of course my kids can feel it when I'm like stomping around. And yeah, I'm not saying anything with my voice, but that's not healthy either. So me just like banging pots and pans around, not healthy. So, so the question is, so if it's not healthy to make people feel, because when they're little people, when I'm around little people all day, and even as I say that, big people, especially empathic people, when somebody starts walking around and like banging pots and pans around me, I feel it. Like I feel it in my bones and I'm like automatically, I'm like, did I do something wrong? Blah, blah, blah. Like I start going. So it's, it's unpleasant for anybody to be around somebody who's like full blown, whether they're externally having a tantrum or internally having a tantrum of anger. It's really unpleasant. And it can be scary, especially if you're a little kid, right? So the question is, so if these are not healthy expressions of anger, then what in the world is? How can we either not repress it, but also we know that showing it obviously isn't very healthy for other people. So how in the world can we do that? This is some tips here. And we're going off of what Gabor Mate said here. And I'm going to just talk about personal experience in my own navigations of anger here. For me, what that looks like is always naming it. First thing, like if I can recognize it as anger, because a lot of times anger is sneaky for me because it's actually, uh, it's like a layered emotion. It's really about something else, but anger is what's coming up. And so for me, naming it, huge. And I'll actually say that out loud to my kids. Guys, I'm feeling really angry right now. And, I'm, and I won't even say, because we've talked about this a lot too, I won't even say I'm really angry because you spilled the milk everywhere. Because obviously, milk itself is not going to make me angry. It's usually something else. My patient's skin is low. I'm frustrated about something else. And then ugh, it just, the anger comes up, right, when the milk spills. So I don't even say because. I just say, man, I'm feeling really angry right now. I need a break. And it can look like, usually for me, that just looks like, let me take a few deep breaths. If I'm feeling really angry, like I actually like going into my room and I'll just like yell into my pillow because I don't want to yell in front of, like, I don't want to be like, just like ah, in front of my, like in throughout my house. But that is a healthy expression for me. Anger wants to come out. So how can I get it out in a healthy way? My very favorite way. And this is when I have like, like I am so mad. I am so mad. Um, so this isn't just like, a, oh, that was annoying to me. I'm feeling some anger. This is like when I'm like, I am angry about this situation. And for me, physical release is my favorite. So for me, that looks like a sprint. I like to go outside my house. I live, there's a hill and it gets me really tired really fast. And I can literally in a minute and a half run while thinking of my anger. Like I am mad, like let it come out. And I'm just like sprinting and I it's hard to breathe and I'm sometimes even sweating in that amount of time, Felicia, making little rivers, not making rivers necessarily, but um, there is something really powerful about that. And I've had some really funny experiences in my life that ended up turning into humor. Like my favorite is I went on an angry run years ago. Like I was so mad. And so I go out and it was dark. And in my mind as I'm running, I'm like, I almost wish somebody, like some shady character, if they came out right now, I would waste them. Like I was just so mad, which I mean, in real life, I really didn't want that to be clear, but I was just feeling like invincible. Like, you know what? Dare any of you, whatever. Like I'll just brass knuckle you with my, anyway, like I was so, and I actually do run with stuff. So I'm like, yeah. And then I get back to my house and I'm sitting by a river. I was like thinking about my emotions and this, like, I swear it was a chipmunk or something started like chittering next to me. And I got so scared. <laughs> I ran into my house. And I was like, clearly, I am not as tough as I thought I was because anger is making me feel tough. But I'm scared of apparently a chipmunk in the dark. So I'm glad that nobody actually was in- endangering me that day. 
But what I'm saying is that was a funny experience. But for me, physical, like a healthy expression physically, like get that anger out. Animals do this all the time. They process trauma and difficulty through actually moving their bodies. So those are my tips. Name the anger. I'm feeling angry. You know what? Sometimes, and Gabor Mate actually says, sometimes just being aware of it is enough. And a lot of times for me, that is enough. Just, you know, I'm feeling angry right now. Or I can tell myself by my body language, I'm being kind of like a little radiating hostility. And as soon as I recognize that, I can actually say to my kids, whoa, guys, sorry, I'm like really sending this out. Just so you know, I'm feeling anger. You're all good people. I'm feeling anger here. I need to process it. You know what I mean? Just saying that, there's nothing wrong with that. The next tip is, can you get it out in some way? Punch a pillow. I tell my kids, punch a pillow. Yell into a pillow. Whatever. Or favorite for me, physical exertion. So those are ways I process anger. Do you guys have any other tips to add to that? Healthy ways of expressing anger without repressing it and also not just letting it volcano onto everybody around you in an unhealthy way for your relationships. I love, well, I love those. And I love the, so Gabor describes a range. Like for me, it looks like a pole with that healthy anger, which is a valid emotion that we need to process and fill in the middle. Healthy anger. On one side, on the other, like extreme is rage. And I really like the distinction of rage because rage is when you're, it's still, even though it looks like your anger is manifesting, like you're getting it out in quotes, you're not, you're still, you're, you're not healthily processing it. You're still, um, keep like using that anger to, as you're suppressing it and then, but it comes out as a, like a power over or a hurting of other people. So rage can't be expressed towards someone that you don't have physical or mental like power over. So that looks like, you know, you're flying off the handle, screaming or hitting someone who is emotionally or physically less capable than you. That's what, that's what rage is. And then on the other side is of this poll is resentment. And we have been talking about resentment recently. We have an episode on resentment that we will link. We've also shared a tools for getting out of resentment article on our website we can link. But resentment is often people choose resentment when they're afraid of their feelings of guilt. And resentment is... It's like an internal poisoning. So Gabor says you take, it's like you're taking this poison of your anger instead of letting it come out in a healthy way and hoping that someone else is going to die of the poison. So it's, it's usually less conscious. So we need to be aware. And he says, if, if you have to choose one, guilt or resentment, choose guilt. And I thought that was a really cool distinction. So he's saying that oftentimes we sit in this resentment, which is really a suppressed anger, instead of expressing our needs, our boundaries, all of those things, which is what our our article is about. So, so we would rather not upset our mother-in-law and ask her to change something about our relationship, for example, then 
and then feel the guilt of bringing it up to her. And that's just really interesting. And I think that's probably, especially for women, what we go to more. We suppress our anger and we sit in resentment and passive aggressiveness because we don't want to feel the guilt of hurting other people. Hey everyone, we have a surprise for you. You know we are huge proponents of Gab devices, both their phones and their watches. We wholeheartedly endorse safe screen time for our kids and we truly believe that is a problem that we can solve as parents through being diligent about protecting our kids when they are on screens. And Gab makes this so easy. Uh, It allows us to give our kids the freedom of having phone or communications with their friends without any of the worry. And right now with code FINDTHEMAGIC, you can receive $25 off any new device. So head on over to gab.com forward slash find the magic. That's G-A-B-B dot com forward slash find the magic to get $25 off any new device with Gab. If you've enjoyed being with us with Find the Magic, we would so appreciate it and we are so grateful if you could leave us a review. It means a ton to us and it really helps us. So we do read all of the reviews that come through and they mean so, so much to us. One that was just recently posted in the spring is from Jessica Johnston. And when I read this, I was so, so moved. She said, who knew a podcast could be so life-changing? After my first baby, I suffered from crippling postpartum depression and anxiety. I went to a maternal health mental health clinic and my therapist recommended this podcast to me i have been listening ever since two years later i still look forward to every episode and i am now months into my morning practice this podcast has helped give give me tools to love my life feel joy in the present moment and deepen all my most important relationships i am so grateful for these women and their perspective and knowledge i feel like they are my friends and they truly have inspired me to make life-altering changes that are helping me find the magic in my everyday. Jessica, thank you so, so much for this review. This was so meaningful for us, and we all read it, and we're just filled with so much gratitude. And I have to say, we feel like you are our friends too. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. And um, again, thank you so much for this review. It means the world to us. All right, everybody, we're going to take a pause here on negative emotions. We wanted to give you guys the chance to really feel this and unpack this instead of brush through it and get to how we can integrate it into our wholehearted lives. It's tempting to go right to the joy and um, expressing these emotions and the solution, But I think a big part of this, especially for me, is learning to feel this in my body and not try to fix it or make it right. So next week, we will come back with more of an understanding of what this looks like in real life and 
how we can find an intermingling of these negative emotions with positive and live more wholeheartedly. Um, If you're still listening, it's safe to say you learned something or you found something valuable in this episode. And if you did, will you please share it with someone that you love, text it out to a friend or on social media. It really means a lot to us. All right, let's find the magic. Brown cows. (laughs) 